What can we do to fight back against big pharma and the compromised medical industry? We can become healthy and break free from the perpetual cycle of being poisoned by criminal organizations like most pharmaceutical companies. Come check out what may be the most powerful antioxidant known to man, C60 Purple Power. The benefits of C60 have been personally outstanding. I use it every day and I feel incredible. I have tons of energy, I sleep great, and I haven't even come down with a cold since I started using C60 over two years ago. You can even get C60 for your pets. Do your own research, click the link in the description, and check out their website. If you order from that link or use coupon code KNOWLEDGE10, you get 10% off your order plus free shipping. What is your health worth to you? Welcome back to Forbidden Knowledge News. I'm your host, Chris Matthew. Today, my guest is Michael Harrell. First, a couple of announcements. If you want to advertise with us, email me, forbiddenknowledgenews at gmail.com. We have awesome pricing. We're doing incredible spots for our affiliates. Check out our website, forbiddenknowledge.news, also the home of the Forbidden Knowledge Network. You'll find podcasts like Day Zero, Understanding Propaganda, Raised by Giants, and more. Forbidden Knowledge News is always available on Rockfin, Odyssey, Rumble, and all podcast platforms. Rockfin is where you get our premium content. You also get all the premium content from every creator on Rockfin for only $10 a month. You can also get a free account and get access to everyone's free content, including all our regular shows. You just go to rokfin.com slash fkn plus to sign up now or click that link right in the description. Today I want to welcome Michael Harrell. He is a retired carpenter that had a mission to find out how and why people get so wounded and how to fix them. This task was working in his subconsciousness his whole life, and only in 2016 did the full memory of this task become recovered. Michael, welcome. How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Yeah, man. Uh, a lot of exciting things going on in the world, and and uh, but I'm all, I'm all, I'm alive and doing fine. Hey, you can't get better than that. That's excellent. 
I've been looking forward to this, man. You've had some incredible transformative experiences throughout your life. You've gained profound insights into not only your own awakening, but a greater awareness of the true nature of the universe and our collective role within it. This is going to be a great conversation. I love hearing others' spiritual journeys and how their life has unfolded just by following their heart and passion. And also heeding messages from the universe and its messengers is, I think, a very important part as well. Uh, this is your first time on, Michael. How did this all start for you? Oh, and that, that's like a, a whole show in itself. <laughs> um, I'm, just, I'm like a carpenter, retired carpenter, but in my childhood, uh, there was like, you know, some childhood adversities, what they call ACEs. And, uh, you know, I had insanity. Uh, you know, like clinical insanity in my in my life. And uh, so living in a dysfunctional family and there was there was even though I was never beaten or yelled at or anything like that, but there was this kind of underlying current of uh, of mental illness and alcoholism and, uh, you know, suicide, things like that. Not for me, but for my family. So I was just uh, kind of that kind of knocked me out i actually it started with my mother when before i was born she was like uh traumatized with a kind of fight with my dad and so she didn't she was like regretting the whole idea of me being born at that time and and then after i was born she went into postpartum depression with psychotic so basically i was born without a mother and that really messed up my uh you know i was like a crib baby so i didn't do the crawling and the bonding and all that kind of stuff. I didn't actually learn how to talk until I was 21 years old because I was just shut down. And, uh, you know, this is kind of what was going on. But then, you know, then I guess when I was in my 20s, I uh, did a lot of drugs to try to, like, you know, numb the pain and stuff, did a lot of LSD and psilocybin and, but then that thing was like, you know, you go up and you come back down. I'm thinking, man, I don't want to come back down because coming down is like, that's a downer. <laughs> so uh, I end up bumping into this guy in Coconut Grove, Florida. And um, he was a fully enlightened man. The guy was fully, fully God realized me being, right? And uh, I had no idea what that was. I was kind of like a redneck hippie, you know, kind of a guy. And uh, so I, I just hung out with this guy for like four hours one day. And uh, and uh, he was telling me about how he got became enlightened and what the, what enlightenment was all about and stuff like that. And, I, and uh, here I am in living my life. It's if you can imagine dry, thinking like you're driving around in a in a um, in like a Volkswagen, right? You're like this old, this old time Volkswagens. They're just all out of metal and just one radio, and that's all you got. And then I'm looking at this guy, and he's he's driving his life around in a 747. It's like this gigantic presence, right? Well, uh, anyway, that guy blew my mind. And uh, what actually happened from just driving around with this guy, driving around town, because he was just like this kind of wandering sadhu or saint or something he's an american guy about six foot six two or something like that but anyway he blew the transmission out of my car the energy this guy had 
blew all the seals out of the transmission on my car because I just had a brand new transmission put in. It was a 1965 or uh, Ford Galaxy 500. It was like a big tank. So I took and got it fixed. And the guy said, he said, I said, man, I've never had. The guy said, I've been doing this for 20 years, fixing transmissions, never seen one happen like this. All, it's, all the seals were blown out of it. And the guy just gave me a new transmission for free. Then I, um, I, uh, a couple of days later, I was in junior college there and then, then, and, and I was driving to junior college and I started hearing people talk. I go, well, what's this all about? And I actually pulled a car over the side of the road, turned off the radio. I could still hear people talk. I was like two miles away from the college. And as I drove closer to the college, I could hear them talk louder. Then I parked the car and I was uh, I had to go up one side of the college and across in front of the library. When I crossed in front of the library, I looked over and I realized that I was hearing the people reading. You know, when you read a book in the library, uh-huh. I could hear people reading their books and, you know, they talk in their head when they read. So it's like really clear. I could hear people talking in their heads from two miles away. So that was kind of that was kind of wild. And then then I was like, you know, I was at lunchtime. I, I went out and saw some of my friends and I go, hey, man, this thing's happened to me. I met this guy, blah, 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 blah. And I'm walking closer to my friend. Right. Then when I got real up close to him, uh, you know, I was like, whatever it is, five feet away. And I saw this slideshow. I was looking at this guy. And I saw a slideshow and the slideshow was moments of this guy's life begin you know from childhood being a kid getting riding his first bicycle and you know and it goes on and then went to where he was in the current time and then it went on to when he was getting married and have his kids and all the way it's like from birth life to birth from, from birth to death right that's called the akashic records so that well that really did my head in so i thought well okay listen this whole enlightenment thing is a real deal all that stuff lasted by the way for like six weeks or five weeks Mm. you know and then it kind of calmed down because you know i'm about as thick as brick and it was just (laughs) by being in association with this really high guy for four hours that did all that to me so that'll turn me on like what does it mean to be enlightened what does that mean and so then i went around looking for gurus and and i found a good guru and got initiated and did a lot of meditation and um, so well, like when I started meditating, I knew what was going on. So I wasn't fooling around with this like, you know, 15 minutes. It was six hours a day. I did my meditation six hours a day and I was working construction eight hours a day. So that means two hours in the morning. Then right when I came home from work, I do another two hours and then uh, we'd have dinner. And then then uh, I was two hours at night. So that was six hours a day. Of course, that didn't last very long. That was only about six or eight months without that stuff. But I started having pretty profound experiences. Eventually, after a few years, I actually saw God as the energy, the life force inside us. So that was like a, I'm what I'm what you would you would call um, a yogi, but um, had God realization what God realization is and a lot of people can have God realization you can do drugs and if you see the bright light inside of your head or you have a a near-death experience and you see that bright light the light of life 
that's that's God realization. Enlightenment is when that light turns on and never turns off. That's the difference, you know what I'm saying? It's the same kind of thing with Kundalini, you know, when Kundalini goes and you turns on the thing. So that's what was happening. So I did that I did that meditation for like 13 years, right? And uh had a pretty amazing life and and uh, and the reason why I was doing it is because I was so completely crushed as a human being. Mm-hmm. And it's and you look at the people who become realized or the people who are yogis, they usually you know, like uh, Buddha, right? Buddha was like a stick figure. You could see every bone in his body when he received, when he got to enlightenment because he was like denied himself. He was so messed up. He was so screwed up in his head and he was so looking at the pain and suffering of his own life and the pain and suffering of the world. And then he became enlightened, right? And he awoke and awoke. That, that, became, that became Buddhism. And a lot, of, a lot of yogis, that's, you know, you don't become God-realized uh, just because because you know it's a hobby like playing with the ouija board or something you become realized because you're in pain man and there's nothing there's nothing else for you nothing can touch the pain that you're in except god okay so my last meditation was around 1990 and i i was former kriya yoga the guy that i actually was my guru was a living perfect master i won't tell you his name because i'm not selling gurus but anyway, this guy was the real deal, had a lot of followers, and he was in the same line as the as, uh, Paramahansa Yogananda, you know, the Sri Yukteswar. He was like in a real high level of of um, of the lineage of of Kriya Yoga, which is which is Raja Yoga, which is the the highest yoga there is. Anyway, in 1990, I was sitting underneath my tree, right out the front front door of my house, and. I did this meditation. I didn't really give too much. Uh, I didn't care. After 13 years, I didn't really care anymore. So I did this meditation and uh, stuff started happening. It's like I didn't care. I was just sitting there putting in my time. It was all out of habit. And then I looked up and I saw a universe and there was this damn universe inside of my head. I looked around and so I'm looking up. It's just like if you have bifocal lenses from here up was a universe. And I looked up and there was all these stars there. And then a voice said, hey, uh, how'd you like to be God? Uh, We got this universe over here and we're going to give you this universe. We're going to give you this this universe and you can be God in it. And I was in a place where I didn't, you know, I wasn't striving for God anymore. I was just being. And I thought that's the that was hilarious. I said, I said, whoever who's ever doing the human resources for this God role, right? Must have screwed up pretty bad for them to want to come to, to talk to me about being God of one of their universes. You know what I mean? Like what, what's the, some kind of dysfunction going on there with the, with the uh, human resources for filling that role? So basically I said no, but, uh, but again, that damn universe stayed inside my head for six weeks. That, and I was doing, at that time, I was doing a, what do, what do you call it? I was being a, um, I was being a cabinet maker, right? So I'm not one, on the, I'm working on table saws. We got a 10 horsepower table saw, panel saws and all this kind of stuff. I'm sitting here and at the top of my head still got a universe in it. So while my eyes are open, I still have this universe. And I'm talking to my boss and he's trying to talk to me and, and I can see him. And then above him and the, the whole top of my head, 360, is this universe full of stars and galaxies and stuff and uh 
that that pretty much changed my head around and then then what happened after that is i went into like a pretty serious you know uh dark night of the soul and and which i didn't it took me years to realize that they were connected that this, you know if you're going to be god then you got to go over here and deal with your shit right so, uh, you know, my girlfriend left me, I lost my job, you know, and all this kind of stuff happened. And, um, and you know, the cat left me, uh, it's just all this kind of stuff. <laughs> and, um, and I met a, met a woman, she said, Hey, Mike, you know, you're, you're not out of touch with your emotional body. And, and, you know, here I am with this great ego of the, of the guru, of the yogi, right? I didn't even know what she was talking about. I said, what do you mean emotional body? So uh, that led me down the path of emotional healing. And that's what I teach today. I teach emotional healing. And I met some interesting people and, uh, and I did primal therapy and, and a whole, whole bunch of other kind of stuff. And it took years. And then eventually from that, I started doing stuff that was right. I took concentration, you know, because I had like concentration. You meditate for 13 years, you're going to have concentration. I took my concentration and I looked at uh, how people got wounded and how they heal. Right. Mm. And, you know, there's sort of real simple stuff like all wounding happens from the outside in. Right. Your parents tell you this, your teachers, your bullies or whoever they are. So it's, yeah. it's, it's happening from the outside in. It goes into your head, scrambles around, goes down through your heart, hits your emotional body, then goes out to your physical body. And then you have dread or bad self-image and all this kind of stuff. And and that becomes like a, your programming for your life. Like, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, something wrong with me and all these kind of messages, right? Mm-hmm. And along with that comes pain, like, you know, to feel like you're not worthy is painful, it's crushing, you know what I mean? So there's the, the words and then there's the feeling. There's two things, the thoughts and the feelings, thought and feeling, which is spirit and will. So uh, I ended up becoming a workshop. I, 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 this stuff started working. The stuff that I was doing started working. And then I kind of codified it a little bit. And then I looked, tr- hit the books, trying to figure out why this stuff was working and why, why I could do, why I could do 13 years of meditation, meet the highest, you know, stuff. And, um, and that didn't touch my emotional body. That was a big deal. Yeah. Later on, later on, uh, I looked into it and, uh, not only does, uh, your childhood emotional issues, they, they're not affected by meditation. They're not affected by full-blown kundalini or enlightenment. They're not affected by a near-death experience. You know what I'm saying? You would think that these people who are having these uh, extraordinary, powerful spiritual experiences, that that would, that would take care of the, the, the business. Mm-hmm. And it's just not true. The, uh, because the stuff that happens to you emotionally is on a different level. It is on the content of your consciousness not on the life force so you know you can awaken your life force but that doesn't change the content of your consciousness you're still you right and if and if you had a lot of adversity a lot of trauma and drama growing up it doesn't touch it right so that was like a pretty profound realization you know what i mean uh 
you would think the exact opposite. People want to become enlightened. They, people want uh, to, uh, what do they call They want to ascend. They want to raise their vibration. They want to do all this kind of stuff. But in reality, what's really, the dog that's really biting them is their emotional issues. And if and, you can resolve your emotional issues, the whole need for ascension or enlightenment or kundalini, all that stuff just dissolves because you're doing all right. You know what I mean? If you're mm -hmm. doing all right, you're doing all right. Then you don't need all this. Uh, you don't need unicorns and pixie dust to, to survive. Yeah, man, you're exactly right. I, I kind of applied the same thing in my life. It's just like, you know, if you wake up and your room's a mess and everything around you's a mess and you got people that don't like you uh if you just make the simple changes clean the mess you know why don't people like me fix those you know simple problems and doors open it's like an amazing transformative experience that just kind of opens up for you just because you started to fix those little things that were uh that were noticeably wrong with you starting with like a, a dirty room or making your bed or things like that right Absolutely. It's like you can't you can't go out to the yard with a shovel and put your foot on the shovel and then lean on it and then pray for a hole. Mm. You know, that's not that's not the way God works. That's not the way the universe works. You got to dig the hole. Right. Yes, you sir. can't you can't look at your house and go, man, I wish it was clean. You know, my house is dirty. You know, please, God, you know, or I'm going <laughs> to meditate. Maybe it'll clean the house. Yeah. No, there's certain things that you got to take care of yourself. You got to clean your own house. You know, you got to fix the flat on your tire. And then when you fix the flat on the tire, guess what? The car's back in factory specs, drives fine. No worries, you know? Yeah. So that's kind of what it's all about. And it's like how to fix the flat on the tire, how to clean out your inner imprints and turmoil of stuff that happened to you and that's what i teach uh, i teach this right now i have a presence on 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 facebook it's called language lessons of the heart this group and i have a uh you know a youtube channel it's got a playlist so everything i do is for free because you know i'm not here trying to make money i'm not trying to sell you a used car i'm not trying i'm not trying to tell you how bad your life is and that i'm going to fix it I don't fix anybody, you know what I mean? All I do is tell people what I did and how the, how consciousness works. And if they want to do it, that's fine. If not, because it's sort of like to, to change and to heal and evolve your emotional body. It is like a spiritual path in a way because you shift from being out, outer directed to being inner directed from seeking love on the outside to seeking love on the inside. And that romance right there is kind of sacred, right? That's the shift, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, you know, you can do a lot of political stuff. Oh, the history of this and Illuminati and that and this, that, right? Well, uh, that's that's all exterior, you know what I mean? And how how is it that we can have 200 years of predatory government, predatory schools, predatory uh, medicine, predatory lending, predatory religions right how can we have all that right and then you say well we gotta form a new we gotta form a new government when you ask people to form a new government they go blank right well what would you do different if you were the president you're gonna start a new government what would you yeah. do different yeah they go blank and the reason is because the whole content of their consciousness is in this 
cult called culture, and the culture is predatory. You are a slave to the boss, you're a slave to the God, you're a slave to the laws, and you know, I mean, that whole thing is slave mentality. And you have zero recognition or cognition about what's going on inside of you. In fact, the external government is a reflection of the internal, is of the internal government that we have. We've been programmed to, to our, so we are, we are, we like to think of ourselves as the, as the president, right? And our body is the body of the people, our heart is the heart of the people, yeah? And if that, and, and that's exactly what happens, just like computers, right? Computers are based on the model of human consciousness. You know, we have a computer that does, uh, you know, that does all the work. And then we have memories and we have applications, right? So applications is what trauma and drama and, and the society is applications. The laws is the application. Religion is an application, right? So our what's outside is a reflection or, or an extension of what's inside. Yeah, yeah? man. And the reason why we can't the reason why we can't get a new government is because we don't have the form of the internal government inside. Once you get the form of the internal government inside, then you can rock and roll. Yeah, they should make all world leaders and, and people in high positions go through majorly transformative experiences and take care of all their emotional shit before they even try and rule anything. <laughs> but no that true you know words, not true words. Yeah. That's the game, right? That's the inner game, yeah. right? Because you, if you, you know, you vote shit in, you're going to get shit out again. So, yeah. uh, you know, we're not, we're not getting statesmen. We're getting cartoon characters. Mm. And I'm Acting including shit. Trump. I'm including Trump in this, this whole thing. You know, I'm mm. not a, I'm not a Trump romantic. <laughs> that guy, he has, he has his issues too. To me, yeah. it's just like, to me, it's like what's going on out there is, Two different mafias, you know, or like there's the uh, yeah. the Kazarian mafia, and then there's the uh, what do you call it, the Russian mafia, and that, that's yeah. all, and they're all trying to, you know, fight over the world. Yes, exactly, man. But anyway, that is also a reflection of us because we have uh, what really runs the world is denials, right? What yeah. we deny, and let me tell you how bad it is. Let me tell you how bad it is. You, you've heard about the, the elites and the movie stars and the government that they like take adrenochrome, right? And they have of course, yeah. the kids. Yeah, and yeah. where the kids are like trafficked, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, the, the children are trafficked and then they put them in underground tunnels. Yeah. And, and then they torture the kids. Well, how does, how does that, how does the inside reflect the outside? You know? And it works exactly the same way. We have trauma or drama that gets imprinted into our emotional body, right? And that's the inner child. And that inner child becomes our shadow, becomes our inner demons, right? So we suppress that, the emotions, the pain and the suffering. We suppress the suffering of our own emotional body, which increases the pain of the inner child so that we can live an adult life, have fun, make our money, get married and all that kind of stuff. You see what I'm saying? We sacrifice. It's a one-to-one -one correlation. You know, you see what I'm saying? And, and uh, our 
childhood experiences right now are like not good. They're not good. No, no, for sure. Yeah, no, it's it's, like, it's it's a generation and generation of uh, multi generational trauma that's being applied to people to keep us in this state of fear and trauma and non-growth and non-spiritual growth, which is, you know, one of the problems we're facing. I want to go back to a second to one of your transformative experiences. You had uh, what you called three days of of bliss, crying and laughing from a holy water cannon. Could you tell us a little bit about that? That was cool. cool. Well, well, the guru at the time, yeah, like I said, that was back in the, like it's back in the heyday. The guru guru at the time, uh, they had yet that holy they had a holy thing you know that's where they take the colored water and stuff but he he had a lot of people um uh in the community all around the united states and uh see if i can remember where this was. oh yeah they were going to have this the holy in, in the orange bowl right get all the devotees from around the world are going to go to the orange bowl and and to do that we had uh they got a um a fire truck and then a fire truck they had a fire truck hooked up so they could hook it up to uh to one of these fire hose kind of like water cannons right that they, that they used to put up fires i think meaning it could go out you know 50 yards or so or 80 yards so we were they were testing it right this was before the holy program so they were testing it so they built a big big scaffold i was helping them build a scaffold because i was a construction guy so they're building a scaffold right and then that day the guru showed up and we was going to test it. And so we were all like playing, you know, we we're having fun. This was called service and we we're just playing around to test this thing. It was in a park on, on South Beach. And uh, so they fires up, he fires up this thing. And, uh, and there was like about four or five of us that were still on the top level, which was even for him. So he was on an island in the middle and then we had a big circle of, of scaffold. It was like two layers high. So because he, he had to be high to shoot out. And this was a test and so he was he was playing around with the gun and at one point he turned that gun and hit me on the chest and when he hit me on the chest he was putting his energy right into it right so you're taking you take like the normal guy and you put you put uh, god life force that's what those guys the gurus guru means uh darkness and light the, the guru is the, disp- the dispeller of darkness and the revealer of light that's what guru means so he hit me like that, and then it was just like that. It was just like I just went into bliss, and I was like completely drunk. I just I couldn't function, couldn't talk. I could barely walk to my car. You know, I just dropped everything, walked to my car, started up, went home, and it was just laughing and crying and laughing and crying for three days. It was just wow. intoxicating bliss. Yeah, and that's you know you only gonna you only get. You only get bliss by um, by bit by comparison, right? You have to have a higher vibration, and uh, and and then there's a separation between the higher vibration where you are, and when you get brought up to the higher vibration, that's a blissful experience. And you, you listen to the people who have near death experience; they all they all talk about this. They go from being a physical body up to a spiritual body, and they get all blissed out. But in reality, we're all blissed out all the time, which is kind of a shock. Yeah. You know, I mean, we're enlightened all the time. We're blissed out all the time. The only thing is our level of connection to it. There is no, there is no actual enlightenment 
as as we think of it as enlightenment. It's not something you attain. It's something that's already there, and all of a sudden, just the door opens. So it's already there. We we already have everything we need. We're already super conscious. We're already all that kind of stuff. But there's it's these it's the it's the stuff in our consciousness, the content of our consciousness, like. Krishnamurti says the, the content of your consciousness is what's divisive and holds you back. So um, that's why we don't walk around feeling in bliss all the time. There was a time, let me tell you, there was a time that I was, that I, 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 just like I'm feeling exactly how I feel now, right? And ex, which was like exactly how you feel right now. But I was so high that I, that, uh, I remember some people came over to my house one day and I was, was walking next to my friend, right? I was talking about something. I don't know. I was teaching something or something like that. And this guy was sitting on the floor and he looked up at me and said, you know, when you walk past, when you walk past me, my whole head fills up with blue light. <laughs> right? And here I am talking to you now and you're listening to me now, right? I felt none of that. Right? He felt it because of the separation of his vibration to my vibration. But so you, the point is, you you cannot actually tell how high you are, and you can't tell how high you're not. Well, usually when you do drugs, you find out how high you're not. Yeah. That's the depressing side of doing drugs. Right, man, <laughs> that's incredible. Uh, I want to talk about some of your um, most profound unexplained experiences when it comes to contact or otherworldly beings or extraterrestrials or things of that nature. I know earlier you were also telling me about uh, some of the Sasquatch work you're doing. I want to get to that too. But you've had uh, experiences with extraterrestrials? Yeah, I did. Um, again, <clears throat> so how, how could I, how could I uh, frame this? Well, anyway, I, I, going back to that story of doing my healing, right? after I did my healing thing, I did, um, I put together a workshop, did a couple of workshops in the United States, and I did a couple of workshops in Jamaica uh, on emotional healing. And that was really powerful to, to, to do in a workshop business. We had people who were remembering the beginning of creation and uh, people who, who, who saw the, the original incident of death and stuff like that. So... Um, I ran out of gas, right? In terms of having the like, I, I was like, like, like basically, like I told you, I didn't know how to learn how to talk, convent, you know, conversationally until I was 21 years old. So here I am now in my in my 30s and 40s, and I and I did all this stuff just to get myself back up to a normal, right? <laughs> That's basically what you do. You try to get get yourself back up to normal. But I ran out of gas in terms of setting up and promoting workshops and doing that kind of stuff because I was not a, I was not a networker and I had no no idea about business. I was a carpenter and you know a cabinet maker and stuff. So I ran out of gas and um, and I thought, well, I got to get back to work. And so I just put all my healing stuff on the table, and uh, and I just got into paying my bills and paying my debts off and stuff like that. So. I, that was basically like a post-healing part of my life. So it did all this emotion. There was the God realization part of my life, and then there was the emotional healing part of my life. And this was post-healing, which was kind of like how to integrate all this stuff is just to live a normal life, which is pretty cool to live a normal life. 
And then, then uh, that that went on till uh, you know 2010 and 11, 12, and then you know by then the economy was down, and I kind of was re- kind of had forced retirement. And then the internet came along, and I thought, well, if I'm going to do the internet, if the internet, I can't really do my workshop business because I, I don't know how to do that right. So I started putting out my uh, my memoirs. I thought, well, listen, the stuff that happened to me is some pretty incredible. So I put my memoirs out there, and I started describing how to heal and involve your emotional emotional body. And I started having a a um, like a presence of that there. And along the same time, um, around from 2012 to 2014 or something. Uh, you know, I saw some UFO. I had some problems with UFOs, right? In 2012, I had some problems with UFOs. And um, these gray guys came and got me, right? I got a video. I got a video of what they did. They came and got me and they put their fingerprints all over me and stuff. And and uh, and then I woke up pissed off in a, in, a, in a craft. I woke up pissed off. I said, what the hell are these guys doing? I said, you guys have no right to to pick me up without talking to me and there's no agreement here there's no soul contract you know and i got pissed right meanwhile i'm just sort of like sitting in this place in their in their in their craft and um and i and i saw that they had control of my mind they had control of my body i said oh well guess what if they got control of my body they have that means they have to have somebody in control of my body that means that somebody's focusing on my energy being so I said, that means there's a two-way connection here. So what I started doing is I started projecting to them uh, that they're covered in ants, right? That there were ants inside of them all bite, biting them, right? And as soon as I start projected that energy inside them because they, they couldn't break the connection to me or else I'd, I'd, you know, I'd get up. So they started running around. These little gray alien guys were started running around. They started panicking and stuff. And then, I, then as soon as I saw a reaction out of them, I thought, okay, I'm going to burn them on fire. Just the imagination of them being burned on, burned alive or burned from the inside out. And they were like zipping around and uh, they didn't know what to do. And then they, try, then they tried to push me off. And as soon as I, they tried to push me back down into my body, I was like holding on. I was like, I'm going to let these guys know where, where it's at. <laughs> this, anyway, you, you would say this took place in an astral type of realm? It's a it's 5D astral. I don't know what you I don't know what you want to call it. You, mm-hmm. you I ha, I felt my body. I felt their presence. I felt you know. So so there was a feeling there. It wasn't just dreamlike. So it was whatever it was. Whether it's a construct, uh, or uh, I'm not really sure how to do it. How how it is? There's there's a lot of people have theories on how that works. Dream time is definitely different than this construct. And the construct is a little bit different than actually being invited on and, uh, you know, talking to them and, you're, you know, flying the craft or whatever. Mm-hmm. Different ways that, that works out. So anyway, that got me in touch with then, then I then I started uh, like looking into UFOs and stuff. And uh, there was a guy there was a guy uh, in my neighborhood, not my neighborhood, but like within a couple of miles of me called um, Ray Hernandez. Check out our friends at Linquistity Gifts. Linquistity Gifts is a metaphysical store offering natural gemstone bead bracelets, signature and zodiac, designed and made in the United States, as well as raw and polished stones, crystal balls, pendulums, 
tarot cards, natural crystal points, wands, and so much more. You can even get a tarot reading. Their beautiful signature design bracelets can aid with creativity, balance, focus, and well-being. They can even customize the bracelets for you. Just send them an email to find out pricing and availability. Visit their website using the link in the description or visit linguistitygifts.com and use coupon code FKN to get 10% off your first order over $20. Linguistitygifts.com yeah, yeah, I've, had, Ray on. Mm -hmm. I've had him on. Yeah, Ray's an interesting guy. He yeah. tells a story of, uh, of uh, you know, he was driving down the highway and they took him out of his car and they took him to, uh, and they had him, they had him see this big circle and big circle was consciousness, all the kind of paranormal stuff, uh, ESP and Ouija boards and uh, meditation and, and, you know, all this kind of the whole thing. It was the whole plethora, the whole circle of what we call paranormal. And they gave him the dictate. They gave him the dictate to, um, you know, study the connection between all the different paranormal stuff, right? And then that's where he he did the whole thing. So I was like, I was like friends with him, and we'd call on the phone every once in a while. Meanwhile, he gets like eleven PhDs and Dr. Edgar Mitchell, and get us the whole thing going on. So that was that was another whole part of the uh, part of the mix. This was the lead up to to this time when I was taken. So um i had already had my language lessons of the heart done right and then uh, and i'm friends with mary rodwell and and ray hernandez and a bunch of other people and um but i never thought of myself as having a mission on earth right and it was dolores cannon was talking about people have missions on earth and then mary rodwell was talking about well you know you come here with a mission you know as like the indigo people have this mission to raise the vibration this and that and, that, and it never occurred to me that this all this stuff that happened to me in my life like i met four enlightened men one enlightened sasquatch and and uh been initiated three three different times and you don't hear about people being initiated into meditation three different times it just doesn't happen so uh i was in my bed one night and i just got taken on this craft and these Guys, uh, I think I think they were Syrians, but I have no idea who they were. They had like this white head sock on and and a black uniform, and um, they're a little bit shorter than me. I'm six feet tall. They're a little bit shorter than me, and uh, so they, so they take me on this uh, craft, and they, or it was a base somewhere. I don't really know. Or it was a so then they put me on the stage and they said, okay, uh, we want you to uh, give your report. And I go, what report? <laughs> I, I had no clue, right? <laughs> what report? They said, uh, well, you know, your report on uh, how people got so wounded and, and how to heal them, right? And I said, okay. So um, I, started, I started giving my report. Now, me, uh, before this, doing, doing emotional release work, right, and doing the healing work that I do, you know, you heard about people talking about lifetimes, right? Getting your memory back from lifetimes and, you know, how to get your memories back and all that kind of stuff, right? Well, when you do emotional healing work, the deep emotional healing work, you get your memories back. And the reason why you get your memories back is this. If you suppress a, a, an event and in one lifetime of an, an event, 
an emotional event, whether it's a broken heart or childhood abuse or being killed or raped or murdered. When you when you have these heavy duty things, lifetime after lifetime, you suppress them in one lifetime, you suppress them in the next lifetime. That means you don't remember that pain. But suppression doesn't work for it's not surgical. When you suppress one memory, it just suppresses right across, right across the board, right? So if you had, if you were tortured in, uh, let's say the uh, women who were tortured in the uh, Spanish Inquisition or Portuguese Inquisition, you know, they may not remember that. They, they may not remember all those lifetimes or they may not remember any lifetime before that or after that because it's the suppression, the suppression of the memory right that but when you but when you go in and you start dealing with your pain face to face then the memory come back because pain is part of reality and if you ex- and embrace and accept the pain so anyway all my memories came back and um so i spent the first uh three hours talking about the emergence the emergence of god the father and god the mother and and what happened what was going on this was before creation uh which we spent a really really long time before creation before there was a god before there was a mother before there was creation before there was a godhead before there was matter before there was anything that was just energy and uh consciousness is the feeling of energy and the great mother of everything the great mother of everything which is that darkness and space that embraces and holds all the planets and all the stars and all the galaxies. She holds all that within her, right? Her nature is absolute in inclusivity and unconditional love. So everything is included. What can be, what can't, what, what was, what can be, what will be everything and the probabilities. Uh, but it, it should not, doesn't, doesn't have a rational material mind. And she doesn't have a locality. In other words, I'm an identity because I'm in this body, in this chair, talking at this time. That's a locality. She didn't have that. She didn't have a mind. She didn't have self-image. She didn't have words. She didn't have any of that kind of stuff. That went on for a very long time. What she did have is conflicting, um, conflicting energies. Like I want and I don't want, right? which were which i'm saying the word want but you're talking about a field the size of a super cluster of galaxies this is a field of energy that's moving or expressing and it's not it's not words it's just energy moving and then there's energy that's not moving that wants to stay still so when the energy that moves the energy that moves is moving next to the energy that that is not moving there's there's a that produces like this kind of a desire energy. So there's the, there's the unmoving and then the moving. And when that happens, uh, the nature of the mother is absolute inclusivity and unconditional love. That means she's inclusive, inclusive, right? And inclusive is a kind of gravity. It's a kind of magnetism, right? Acceptance, inclusiveness. So like I, it took it took three hours to explain how this actually worked without without words without a point of view without a perspective without a location right on a massive giant scale it's hard to kind of talk about it but when she did that right that that magnetic field the stationary in the magnetic field was moving created a current 
right? Magnetic fields create current. And as soon as it made a current, that current went forth. And that was the beginning of the first creation. Now that current moved forward, which was her desire, her will, her, her wish, her want. She's the divine will. So there's this God, the Father is the spirit, and uh, she's the will of God, or the mother of God, or the, or the wife of God, which is will. So it's basically th- thoughts and feelings, spirit and will, man and woman, uh, electric and magnetic. That's where it all comes from, this huge, this actual space itself. Everything comes from nothing, and the nothing is the absolute inclusivity of an unconditional love. So I'm here talking to these guys about that, and um, it took three hours to get to get um, to the to the beginning of the first creation, and then it took another two hours to talk about the first creation. And the first creation is is uh, is when when uh, let's see here it gets really kind of complicated. It's hard to put it in simple terms, but it was the creation of consciousness as a as an energy. So as the mother of everything is absolutely inclusive, the father energy is exclusive. She's dark, he's light, and exclusive. So that's where the his the identity of the I am. The I am is the exclusive expression of a of a of an energy that has a location, a shape, a form, and a movement. This is still no bodies yet. There's still no consciousness yet. There's still no identity yet. There's none of that stuff yet. But that was that was this. So in this infinite universe, there was began to have things like location and energy and stuff like that. And eventually. And then when the current moves, then the current moves within a sheath of magnetic field, right? And, and that magnetic field uh, is what they can, they, they record in space now. You can see between all stars and all galaxies, there's a magnetic field or rivers of magnetic field. And that magnetic field is what, um, what holds the rivers of, of uh, galaxies and stars and star clusters together. And whenever the magnetic field, which is the desire, the will, the wish, the want of the mother, whenever that increases, it compresses the, um, the energy field, the, 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 electric, the electric river, right? Whenever it compresses the electric river, it takes from very low amperage to very high amperage and from a very wide location to a very no, very low, very tight location. And this is what creates plasma. It's just like turning on a light bulb, right? When you have a huge amount of energy going through a little tiny wire, that wire lights up. And that, so it was, it was the creation of consciousness and God was that, was that same kind of a thing. So it still haven't, even now, I still haven't talked to you about God and the mother and, the, and all that kind of, or the creation of the Godhead. I still hadn't, I still hadn't got to that. But what was interesting about being on that craft, telling my uh, my story is um, this is this is really cool. Probably the coolest thing for me was um, I, I smoke cigarettes, right? 
So after three hours of being on the stage, and there was only like about six or eight people there watching me, it was like just basically they were just giving me the, this gift of like, okay, you went to Earth and you uh, learned all this stuff, and why don't you give us a report? So anyway, at, th at the three-hour mark, I said, listen, I can, can I go down, take a little break? And they said, sure. And under my own steam, I went back to my bed, got up, walked outside, had a cigarette, came back, came back to bed. And under my own steam, I went back up to the craft. <laughs> and then when I was finished after five hours, I was on there for five hours. Then, then I came back, then I came back after five hours, right? And, uh, which is pretty profound because this is one of the things that the ET people are doing is, is, is they're teaching human beings how to go in, to go invisible or how to, how to transport like that in consciously in our bodies. We, we know how to do that. Yeah. Pretty, that's pretty cool. Yeah. What do you think is uh, the relationship between most of these uh, extraterrestrials, interdimensional beings, whatever you want to call them, and humans? Um, most of the experiences, like uh, Ray Hernandez um, research, like you were discussing earlier, most experiences that I've heard about are end up being positive experiences once uh, the individual understands exactly what's happening and very little kind of negative or malevolent type of experiences that I've heard about. Uh, what do you think is, is the purpose and relationship with these beings? I mean, what are they doing with us? Yeah. Uh, that goes back to the all one, the all one in no space that they, they, uh, a lot of times you can hear if you if you listen to a lot of encounters, the, 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 um, the ETs will say, we are you, right? We are you. And, um, and it also goes back to this emotional healing business. You know, when you talk about generational trauma and stuff like that, um, that they're looking at us as, as the progenitors of their trauma, right? So they're going back in time to elevate us, clear us, heal us because they're connected as, as us. The, there's this thing, as soon as you get out of the uh, 3D reality, you see that they were in this kind of a, there's a kind of a unity between all things. That's another thing that's a bit, that's a big issue is this unity between all things is, is we're not one person. We are uh, kind of spread out across the whole universe, right? And so we can have aspects of ourselves on all, any star nation, any, location you know you can re you can re remote view uh an ant on mars uh uh five million years ago right there's people who could do this so that means we are on we were we are on mars five million years ago you see what i'm saying there's mm -hmm. this unity thing going on there that's the way remote viewing works that's the way all psychic phenomena works that's the way all spiritual stuff works this is a type of unity so they are uh in an act of compassion to help to help uh, to help us here's how it works okay all healing all wounding happens from the outside in right and all healing happens from the inside out now this is really important it's kind of like a one, one of the key things if you as a conscious mind go 
inside you, you you say, I'm going to go inside and heal my heart. I'm going to heal my will. I'm going to heal my physical body. I'm going to heal that. Right. So you go in and you look for that pain. You look for that problem and you and you work on it. You embrace it. You hold it. That's you looping in. Right. So you are looping in. And when and when you loop in, you're going back in time. Oh, when I was six years old, this thing happened to me. So you go loop in, you're going back in time. So there's an adult, powerful adult you going back in time to a little little you who's suffering, mm. right? You got that picture? Yeah. That's called the inner loop. And what's important about that is is the way, we, like we talk about the government, the way we, our reality, our culture. We are taught as, a, as, as children that everything is outside of us. You know, mommy, pick me up. Mommy, get feed me. You know, and I, I need a got to go to a doctor for this. I got to go to a psychologist for that. This is this outward reaching, right? So we do this out, and then we reach out. I want my spirit guides. I want God. I want the angels to help me. You know, what I mean, help, pray for me. You know, that's the reaching out, right? Now, when you reach out, that gives you. That means you're just trying to engage into the arena of where you got hurt, right? So you look, you're trying to get the persons who hurt you to help you, right? That's like, you know, and, and, and in fact, that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. It's kind of disempowering. I give my power and authority to the police to protect me. I give my power and authority to the medical profession to protect me. I give my power and authority to the teachers to teach me. You see yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. That's the outer loop. But when you do the inner loop, right? When you do the inner loop, where uh, you go in and see about your heart, your broken heart, or your crushed heart, or your inner child, and you and you regrow that, and you're in the adult now, going back in time, and and uplifting and uh, making your inner child into the golden child. That's the lead to gold kind of a business. Okay, this is what the Sasquatch are doing. This is what the ETs are doing. This is what the higher beings are doing. And it's the reason why they're doing it is because if you can, if you look out into the uh, internet world, you see how many people are doing inner child work, how many people are doing healing work or past life regression work, how many people are doing their inner work, right? Thousands and thousands and millions of people are doing that inner work. So there's an inner loop going on. And when you have the inner loop, loop going on, that means the people now going back into the past and healing your inner child. Well, that's what this ETs are doing. That's what the angels are doing. Once you've made that inner loop to do your inner healing, that opens the door for your higher self, your future self, to come back and heal you. You see? Do you hear the drum beat? Yeah. That's what's going on, right? Okay. So they say, we are you. We are you in the future. We are you, right? And, and because you did your work of healing yourself, uh, you're in the future now to, to your to your inner child you are the future yeah you are the future self you don't even look yeah. like the, you don't even look like a child you look you're all grown up now so that's what's going on that's it what's also going seems on. to Maybe be like a years. level of raising collective consciousness too right yeah yeah a lot of that has to do with catharsis if you can if you can Think of it as think of us as energy bodies, right? Energy beings. And when you have, and so energy can be positive or negative, uh, you know, helpful or hurtful. So when you have these hurtful or negative experiences, 
that be, that becomes like a darkness or a lower vibrational frequency in your energy body mm-hmm. right so whenever you can resolve that that changes your vibration that's so that that lower energy brings down the overall net energy of your whole body yeah 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 that makes a lot of sense all right, I gotta hear about uh, some of these Sasquatch stories that you're, you have. A, I know you have a show that you talk about Sasquatch. You've done yeah, some the research. Pork and bean show. Yeah, and you know uh, a lot of people who have had uh, pretty intimate encounters with these uh, beings. Could you tell us your understanding a little bit about Sasquatch? Yeah, Sasquatch. They're our older brothers. Uh, they are they're part of the mix here on the planet, and uh, they. Um, they've been around for a really long time and they've been our teachers and mentors whenever we go into a dark age or whenever we move lose our spirituality you know like they talk about this is the fifth fourth root root race and we're going into the fifth root race that means that we had a civilization of the first root root race and that got wiped out all life on the planet get all messed up and then the second and the third and we're in the fourth now and we're going to go into the fifth, right? Each time, each time that um, we got wiped out spiritually, and you know, our our shamans and our healers and our wisdom keepers and our spiritual people, they all were gone, right? Even our language and our connection to Earth and all that stuff was gone. The Sasquatch were there, and they uh, so they they bring back the vibration of the uh, of the humans and. You know, you do a when a shaman does a does a you know he, he wants to have a shamanic journey, he goes out to some rock on a mountain somewhere, right? And he basically goes there to die, until he gets a vision, until he gets something. Well, the, the Sasquatch are watching all this, and they'll give the person the vision, or they give them the power animal, or they give them what give them what they need. Same thing in in India, you know, it's the the land of the gurus. When the guru wants to when the guru says, I got to, I got to become a guru. I got to, I got to become enlightened. They go up to the holy mountains, these holy mountains. And, and, um, and, um, you know, they sit in a cave somewhere and they sit there and some, they got a, they got one of their buddies comes and bring them to a little bowl of rice every day or something. They're going up there to either become enlightened or die. And the Sasquatch comes along and, you know, uh, boost up their energy or, or make it something clear for them, you know, and then make them into like this guru and stuff. So these guys have been around a long time. They're on the same level as the, as the ETs. As a matter of fact, they, they like I have a list somewhere of like forty something things that the Sasquatch and the and the um, and the ETs have in common. Forty things. Wow. Uh, you, so you think some of these ET races uh, actually are involved with Sasquatch in some way? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It's but it's it's like a, a a wide spectrum there. There's bad ETs, good ETs. There's bad Sasquatch, good Sasquatch. Uh-huh. There's government involvement. There's a uh, six agencies in in the federal in in the United States. I'm not even sure what they all are, but they want to kill the Sasquatch. They want to kill a Sasquatch because Sasquatch don't have any government and they know how to go invisible. Mm. And, um, and they're just like, you know, they're just, they're just sort of like a, um, they're sort of like the watchers in a way, you know, 
That's one of the most fascinating aspects about the the whole Bigfoot phenomenon is when I first started hearing about how they, you know, have possibly have the ability to go invisible, to go interdimensional, shift their frequency, whatever is happening. What is your understanding of how or what they're doing there? That's a teaching. When they do that, when they do that, that's a teaching. Um, they're they're really interesting people. Uh, like I like going. Like, let me go back to let me go back to um, to the first guy that I that I met. It was that was enlightened, right? And and he had this mind speak thing, right? So I could hear people speak from two miles away. Well, Sasquatch, and and I could hear what they were reading, and I could understand them, right? So the Sasquatch can do that up to five, ten miles away for one person, or they can do it around the world. I know I've 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 experienced them. A guy on a radio show talking to a Sasquatch in North in uh, in BC, and talking to a lady who has problem with her horse in Australia, and they're doing this mind speak thing and the, and the Sasquatch was telling her what to do with her horse. So there's that mind speak thing, right? And then there's this, then there's this thing of, um, of the life review, right? The Akashic record where you go up to somebody and you can see every single record of what's going on in their life from birth to death. The Sasquatch do that too. If they're connected to you, they will know who you are from birth to death, right? And then they know how to like, but the other thing is that is they're not invasive. They are they have like this they don't want to be invasive because they respect our karma, they respect our life path. So that what they will do is they'll poke your feelings. Like you got a poke in the feelings to go, let's look at the Sasquatch. It's simple as that. So like, oh, let's let's look at this, you know, that's what's a new buzzword going on. So so they, they poke your feelings a little bit like that. They're very non invasive. You got to be real subtle to understand how connected. They showed me that there's there's a couple of thousand Sasquatch that are monitoring around four million people. Everybody who watches a Sasquatch show has there's a Sasquatch who's been who's watching them watch the show. <laughs> wow! Now uh, for the last few and minutes, it's the same thing for ETs. The ETs watch like watch your show. They watch everybody's show. They see what's going on. They know what's going on, and they do the same thing. They don't come in here and tell us, "Oh, you got to do this. You got to do that." They just poke you with some feelings. They say they upgrade you here. They make you feel better about this, or make you excited about. Let's let me look about that, and you know, and like for you, like you want to find out about consciousness. You want to find out about the history. And you want to find out about lies and corruption and conspiracy. You want to find out all that stuff. And you want to find out the spiritual transformative stuff. You see, all those are, are not all exclusively yours because there really is no exclusively you or me or anything. We're all kind of a conglomerate of one thing. Right on, man. Yeah, I love it. There is so many directions we could go from here. But for the last few minutes we have, I want to get your thoughts on what is happening with the major changes uh, in our collective consciousness right now and the direction that we're headed um, as people, as a humanity. If you have, um, if you're encouraged about what's happening right now and where we're headed. Yeah, I, I think we're winning. We're winning. Uh, the, you know, I, I don't, I don't, 
I follow this, what the, what the ETs are doing, you know, the wars in heaven and you know, wars in the space and all that kind of stuff. I kind of follow that and listen to the Corey Good side and the Elena Danana side and, and, uh, you know, and all, all that. there's stuff going on, skullduggery's going on. And, uh, but I think, uh, you gotta, you gotta go back and, and listen to the rocks and talk to the trees. Mother earth herself is doing the work, right? We are just the fleas on a dog and she's doing her work. She's, she's, uh, at, she's ready to, to have big changes. And, uh, so I think that's, there's this thing, right? There's this thing that's going on, on the planet. The ETs are talking about it. This ET was talking to, 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 to one of the friends, a human friend. And, uh, they were talking about, uh, you know, do human heat, the ETs healing humans and, and doing that. And, and, and the ET said, well, we're on team inside out, right? She kind of said it as a casual way, but I realized that that was a slang. And then I started looking at, well, uh, what is the team inside out? And I knew what it was when, when in terms of the, in terms of the, um, the ETs, because, you know, 90% of the people who've been on a, on a craft, they don't remember it. And yet they, they're awakened. They start looking at this and changing their life and, you know, resolving issues that they had and opening their mind to more possibilities. Right. So they're doing this team inside out thing. Right. And Ray Hernandez, like said, so they got told, please go and look at all these psychic phenomena. So all these people are doing this psychic stuff. There's psychic schools. There's, there's uh, the Ponte, Pontel, you know, you ever heard of those guys out, yeah. in, right? And that was with, uh, with uh, Sue Walker. They're teaching people how to do that, right? The Sasquatch are teaching people how to go invisible. I got my leg to go invisible. That was pretty cool. And uh, yeah. You, uh, so yeah, you had a Sasquatch instructing you on how to go yeah. invisible? Ah, tell us a little yeah, bit about that. I didn't do it. Huh? Tell oh. us a little bit about it. Uh, again, you know, this is, I'm not a normal guy, and, 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 uh, but, but in some ways I am, because I'm just this guy, right? But uh, I was watching videos back then, and, and I had already had like a shamanic journey with these guys, and they gave me this vision, and it lasted for three hours with having me talk to a rock. That was pretty cool. Uh, and the rock talked for three hours about the beginning of the beginning of humanity and how not the beginning of humanity, but beginning of all life and how all life is made out of water and rock. So that was like one thing. So, so then it's like a couple of years later, they were they took about two more years after that, after I was friends with them, where they would talk to me about the all one and no space. And the all one is you kind of figure out what the all one is, but no space is different. No space is, is like there's me, right? I'm here. I'm talking now and then and, and I'm going right here to my computer and there's a space there, right? And then there's a space from my computer to your computer goes all the way from Savannah to Colorado. And then there's the space of the computer to you. Well, they live in no space where there is no space. And that's like another level of all one. So it took them two years for them to get in my head what it means to to live in all space and no one and all one. Okay, so they know, like I said, they had my life review. They've known everything that's happened to me my whole life. And so I was listening to uh, the Fern Cedar program. Uh, it was a channel on YouTube. And, um, and there was this lady there named, what was her name? 
uh, I forget her name, whether but she was talking, she was a channel, she channels the Sasquatch people. And, and, and uh, one of the channelings the Sasquatch people was, was talking to her about is, is how they go invisible. And they go invisible by uh, breathing into their breathing light into their heart, and then increase the light in their heart until the they what they call glow, it glows, your heart glows, this is like a meditation. And then uh, when your heart glows, you can spread that out to your whole body. And when you can keep the, the glow going, then your body just disappears. Right? So I was listening to her talk about this, right? So I'm wa actually watching this video, just like I am now watching this video. And then my Sasquatch teacher, mentor, friend, brother, he sticks his hand inside my heart. This guy, if you can imagine a heart, a, a hand about this big, like you know, so my hands this big, easy twice the size of my hand, sticks his, his invisible hand inside my heart and took over my breathing. It was like, <sighs> really deep, really fast, you know, like connected breathing, really fast, connected, deep, connected breathing. They start breathing, 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 breathing. And when he did, he put energy into my heart. And I, since I had already had an initiation from a guru and I already had an initiation from the mother of everything, I knew exactly, exactly what he was doing. He was initiating me into heart light meditation. And then, um, and I, and I already had 13 years of meditation, so it's not like it was like a big stretch or anything. So I knew exactly what to do. And so I, I just started meditating every night, and I did that for another maybe three or four or five months. I wasn't really super trying to trying to uh, go get go anything invisible or anything like that. Because, uh, like, you know, I don't I really don't care that much about it. But after about four months, and I was, you know, I had this heart light meditation down pretty good um he came along one night when and, and, and took over my breath again and he took over my breath and and uh so i was huffing pretty strong and like this guy uh win hoff right it's sort of like that kind of breathing and then i got to where i was panicking because i was like you know if you hyperventilate right you get to that point where you kind of panic and when I panic, I sat up in bed. And when I sat up in bed, uh, one of my legs was gone. It was invisible. I could still feel it, but it was gone. It was completely invisible. And I go, holy shit. Anyways, anyway, so that's when they go, when they go invisible like that, they're teaching you, right? Who can do that? Only masters can do that. When they talk, when people talk about eye shine, right? Eye shine. And I can tell you about Eyeshine. Well, the second enlightened man that I ever met was a guy named Sri Chimoy. And Sri Chimoy, Sri Chimoy, um, he, he had a program, right? So, so it was in Miami and I went to this program, went with a friend of mine. And I thought he was going to be a guru. I thought he was going to talk and stuff like this. And, but he never talked. He came out on the stage and there was, there was like a little one of those, uh, auditorium kind of places where you where, where you know like where you have a, a high school graduation so it's like a big indoor theater kind of a thing so he's sitting there and he, and he just like closes his eyes and goes into samadhi and uh, the, the lights went way down and then he started looking at people and i was sitting on to his his left so it was yeah he was yes yeah, his left and I was kind of high up and he was sort of swimming looking at each person right and when he came around and looked at me 
This guy had light coming out of his eyes. He had, there was light inside him. And I knew like that, I knew that that was the light of God. He had the light of God coming out of his eyes. He was enlightened, his his energy, right? He the same thing as like the Sasquatch you're talking about. You amp up the energy. When you amp up the energy, it turns to light. And when it turns into light enough, the light will come out of your eyes. When you hear about eye shine, when you hear from now on, when you hear about eye shine, you, they're, they're teaching you. They're saying, you know, that's why sometimes you could, if you tried to, to, to shoot one of these guys and they're in a really high state of like really near invisibility or they're in light, that enlightened thing, you can't kill them. You have to catch them when they're just normal. Then you could be, maybe maybe kill them. But that's really high. You're just talking about if if the if the Sasquatch researchers knew this, if they knew that, that the Sasquatch was showing them the light of God out of their own eyes, then people would just like flop over full out prostration. You know what I mean? Because if you know what I'm saying, do you, I don't know how many people have ever experienced what it's like to be in the presence of God. But I mean, that's that's not something your body deals with real good it's like you're just like <laughs> explosion of, of of stuff right uh of gratitude of awe and wonder so that's what's going on so in a way the sasquatch are like greening human human humanity right they're they're they're, they're growing us up in a way but it's going to be a long time because you look at what's going on with the history of the of the ufos right the ufo people they were monsters they're going to eat you they're going to abduct you they're going to torture you the war of the world's the war of the world's everybody's going to die yeah. right that went on for like 30 years right so yeah. we're still in the first 10 or 12 years of the sasquatch thing and they're still into their monsters and other people they're monsters they're people they're monsters they're going to eat you they're dog man and all that kind of stuff <laughs> dog man are actually really cool people too Oh, man. I don't know if that I don't know if that really covered that really covered yeah. it. But. Yeah, man, this is great. Uh, we're going to have to definitely have you back on. There's so many different rabbit holes we could jump in to discuss. This was fantastic. Uh, but before you head out, Michael, let the audience know where they can find you, what you're offering them, all your uh, sites, uh, YouTube, all the good stuff. Well, it's real simple. I'm not a salesman and I don't do anything for, for money. I'm not trying to get rich and I'm not trying to save your soul or anything like that. But I do have probably the best healing modality in the world. It's called Language Lessons of the Heart. There's a group on Facebook that you can you can join and um, and it's for free. Uh, you can go to my uh, YouTube channel called just Michael Harrell. And I have a, a playlist on there, uh, uh, you know, that, that covers the, the language lessons of the heart teaching and it's free, right? So, so to me, if the number one thing needed to be done on this world is to heal, is to heal and evolve your emotional body, get that, get that sorted out because we can't go into a new, we can't go into a new reality, a new thing with the same, you know, uh, dirty house that we had. It doesn't work that way. We won't even be able to recognize it. And, or we will just pull this predatory culture along with us into the higher vibration. And there's a lot of that going on. There's a lot of that go went on in, in the, in the uh, when you start talking to the ETs. You go, oh, here's these people over here. They're fighting there. Well, it's because they brought their predatory you know, so, so there's a war in Orion. There's a war in, uh, in Arcturus. And there's these, you know, there's a the Draco Wars, 
there's all these wars going on in space. Well, that's, that's the reason why is because they didn't resolve their issues. They reached their spirituality without resolving their issues. And that's why it's such a big deal on Earth and why everybody's going into like re resolve your issues before you try to get into this super spiritual world, right? Because like I said, remember when I said I started? You can reach an enlightenment and it doesn't touch your emotional body. You can have yeah. Kundalini awakened and be fully awakened and it doesn't resolve your emotional issues. You still got those. And you can have a near-death experience and you have 10 near-death experiences if you want. And it doesn't. I know a lady who's had five near-death experiences and this lady is a train wreck, right? <laughs> Yeah, man. You it know, sounds and, like the difference she's, she's of got, being. She's got the show. She got the show and everything, but but her herself broken. She's a broken person. Yeah, it yeah. sounds like the difference so of being on the, the light side of the dark side of the force, right? If you take care of your issues, you might end up on the light side. Or you might understand that the that the great mother of everything is in the darkness. Mm. So, you oh. know what I mean? It's not like not like you think we the reason why we fear the darkness is because that's where the pain is and when you right then when you go and resolve that pain that is the alchemy of turning the lead into gold you have the golden child and you want that golden child because that's the one that's going to take you into the next into the next realm I love it, man. This was fantastic. Well, Michael, like I said, we're gonna have to definitely have you back on again. We'll, we'll get in even yeah. deeper next time. I'm game. Yeah, I got a whole. I got. I got. What do you call it? A PDF. Not not PDF. I got like uh, um, keynotes. I got like five keynote things. I'm gonna. I'm maybe gonna start doing that this year. Do a keynote talks. Right on, man. That'd be excellent. Well, we're going to do it again soon. Until next time, everyone, have an excellent evening. We'll talk again tomorrow. See y'all then.